0: Hey what's going on degenerates of the world welcome back to the girls got game podcast my name is Joe Butter I will be your host for the evening and every show moving forward I had some pretty good responses to episode one so thank you I appreciate it to all the listeners that tuned in and hopefully checked out some LPGA played some DFS did some betting you know just watched some golf they did have horrible horrible coverage of, of the event. Uh, this week's event is going to be covered quite a bit better uh, we'll get into that but if you did get a chance to tune in uh, there was some awesome golf there was a bunch of big names at the top I mean the top three players were you know top 10 players in the world with Nellie corda taking the victory uh, Lydia Ko leading most of the event uh, eventually coming in tied for second that was pretty impressive to see her come back I mean that was her home course so she had a bit of an advantage there but it was pretty cool to see her come back because she hasn't been playing very well lately. Um, as I as I noted in the last episode, she she dropped all the way to 29th in the world after being, you know, on top, uh, you know, four years ago. So that that was pretty cool to see. And then Lexi Thompson, another one uh, right up there who hasn't been playing to the level of Lexi Thompson that we've come to expect over the past few years. Uh, she hasn't been too consistent. Uh, it's been it's been you know up and down. She's been very volatile with their with their golf over the past couple of years so it's good to see her back up again and I, I like her chances for this week so we'll get into that too one quick note uh, this is the very first year they're gonna be playing on this golf course uh, so that it's and it's going to be a pretty interesting golf course I think we're gonna like it uh, it's gonna be a, a good watch um, one thing I want to note uh, the, the golf channel coverage is going to be drastically different last week was horrendous. They had NBC Sports live streaming live between you know like twelve and three ish each day, which was awesome. We were able to watch some live golf, but half of the stream wasn't giving us any live golf. Um, It seemed like they only had audio content on certain groups. So they would like after if the featured groups weren't hitting any shots, they would they would go to a different group with no audio. There was no visuals telling us who each player was um and for those of us that you know we might not recognize every single player in the field like we do with the pga tour uh, i i kind of need to see the names i mean I, I can recognize quite a few of the players but a lot of them i, I can't i don't know what i know i know all the names I, I don't know a face to the name yet i can't put a face to it yet so i need you to tell me who they are you know what they're doing what are they putting for what what shot of it where, where are they at what, what's their score what are they doing they, they gave us nothing there was no audio i'd I, I got into it on Twitter. I didn't, I didn't get into it. I had a, a conversation on Twitter and I was like, look, I, I, I actually restarted my streaming service multiple times thinking like my Wi-Fi went out or thinking there was something wrong with my device because I couldn't hear anything. And there was some moments of the stream where they just had a black screen and there was nothing there. And then, you know, you'd sit there for 10 seconds and then they would just pan out to some random group on some random hole that we don't know. Don't know any of the context, what their score is, what anything that's going on, and you just see a few shots, and then boom, you bounce back to the featured group, and you'd hear audio again. It was it was awful. They had tape delay coverage each night um, after the WGC coverage, which that I understand. I understand you want the WGC coverage in prime, time, in you know in your prime time slot. I get it. I'm not saying that it it doesn't need to be there. What I'm saying is if you're going to offer a streaming service, you know, do it properly. That's all we want. That's all I wanted. I mean, I was watching it. I had you know, my iPad up with the LPGA you know, running on NBC Sports Live, and I had WGC on the TV. That was what I was planning to do. The coverage was just horrible. Uh, this week is going to be a lot better. They have um, actual live coverage on Golf Channel each day. Uh, Thursday and Friday, they'll be on from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And then Saturday and Sunday, it'll be from 2.30 to 5.30, all on Golf Channel. So that's going to be <laughs> quite a bit better. They still need to open up to some more groups. Like, it, They obviously don't have the type of logistics to cover it the way they cover the PGA Tour. They, they probably just don't have the funds for it. Actually, real quick, I want to apologize in advance. I have a baby monitor next to me. Uh, so if you hear any rumbling, that's probably from that. Uh, if, if anything crazy happens and he starts crying, I'll, I'll edit that out. But if you hear a little bit of rumbling every now and then, I, I apologize for that. But the the Golf Channel coverage, I'm sure, is going to be better. What they need to do is they need to open it up to some more groups. I understand they don't have the funds to cover it the same way as the PGA Tour. However, there, there was players that were, you know, making runs on Saturday afternoon, on Sunday morning, and they, weren't, they never showed a single shot. Like, there was players that finished in the top ten, and we didn't see them take one swing. It was a little weird. Um, obviously, you know, with sports betting becoming more prominent and the LPGA being thrust into the center of that, hopefully over time they're going to they're going to do that um i side note i actually reached out to the lpga to talk to them uh about this podcast and you know some opportunities uh, to to try to you know partner in, in some ways and they actually said that they got sports betting uh some, some rep actually responded to me and said they have sports betting on their radar and they're planning to launch something later this year uh, so that would be really cool if they you know dive headfirst into this anyway let's get to this week uh this week we got the drive on championship which is a new series uh Hashtag drive on is a new thing that they're doing uh, for the LPJS uh, marketing thing. So there's going to be a few events uh, in with this title or market. Uh, there was actually two events last year. So we have two. We have one defending champ technically, but there was two 2020 winners. So it's a little weird. Uh, so our defending champion is Ally Ewing. She won the most recent one, uh, which was later last year. They were like COVID replacement events. Uh, some of some tournaments got canceled. So it was kind of like the, uh, the workday at Muirfield that led into the memorial at Muirfield. Kind of the same thing. They just had to cancel an event and they just had to basically rebrand it. So they just started their own series. Uh, so she won that one, which was in Georgia. And then Danielle Kang won one that was previously in 2020, which is actually the first tournament back after the COVID restart. Uh, and she won that one. This is not the first time we've seen this golf course. Uh, it's called Golden Ocala. Golf and Equestrian Club. It's fancy. They played the Coates Golf Championship here in 2015 and 2016. Uh, and that's the only two times we've seen this golf horse in LPGA circuit. Uh, the winners of that are two current players. Uh, 15, it was Hana Jang, who won it at minus 11. In 2016, it was Na Yeon Choi. Again, I apologize if I butcher some of these names. I don't know how to pronounce them all yet because the streaming coverage and golf coverage of this tour doesn't do a good job of covering every player so i don't know how to pronounce some of the names so i apologize for that okay this course is really cool from what i read um it's similar we got a course here I'm i'm in dc area we got a course here in maryland called renditions which is basically 18 holes of tributes to famous holes around the world so you got uh, Pebble Beach number sevens out there, you got uh, Amen Corner from Augusta, you got uh, some St. Andrews holes, uh, there, there's, ooh, the Sawgrass number 17 is on there, um, some of the other famous holes around around the world, and this is very similar, it's not all 18 holes, they have 8 tribute holes, uh, they have Augusta not full Amen Corner, but they got numbers 12 and 13, and number 16, um, I saw a picture of the 12th hole, it looks beautiful, Uh, It looks very, very similar to 12 at Augusta. They did a good job. Um, They also have the first hole at St. Andrews, which coincidentally is the easiest hole in the golf course, which St. Andrews, number one, is one of the easiest courses in the world. They're easiest holes in the world. And they also got St. Andrews, number 17, the road hole, which ironically is the hardest hole in this golf course. Um, And there's some other holes uh, from Royal Troon. Uh, There's a hole from Muirfield, uh, not Ohio Muirfield, um, Carnoustie, I think that's all of the golf courses, but it totals out to be eight holes. Uh, so that's going to be cool to watch, especially if we get really good coverage, better than what we had last week. It's, it's going to be really cool to see this golf course. Uh, the, the course record in tournament play, interestingly enough, is held by Lydia Ko, uh, who shot a 65 in the third round in 2015 when she finished runner up, um, along with Jessica Corda and Amy Yang. So we have some course history here from, you know, some big name players. Jessica Corda, Lydia Ko. Na Choi. Amy Yang finished runner-up in 2015. She's playing this year. Uh, Danielle Kang won this golf tournament. She didn't win it at this golf course, but she won this golf tournament. Um, she's obviously a big player in the LPGA tour. So uh we got a good slate of um information to go off of. Uh so that's pretty cool. And like I said, this is gonna be a fun course to watch. If if half of the holes on the golf course we can recognize from You know, watching the PGA Tour over the the course of our lives, it's going to be pretty cool. It's going to help. Another thing about this golf course, it is very long. Uh, What they have listed unofficially right now is six thousand eight hundred fifty-two yards. That I did some research, and that would be the longest non-major golf course in LPJ history, and the second longest golf course in LPJ history overall. The only course longer was a course in Colorado Springs which was 7000 yards however with elevation adjustments actually played about 6300. So if you think about it if they actually play this at 6852 yards it would be the longest actual yardage golf course played in LPJ history. So that is big for us. We're going to be looking into girls that can hit it a good distance because you're going to need it. That's a long course for these for these women. The golf course played at 6,541 yards when they played this golf course for the Coats Championship, but that was four years ago. Uh, With technology changes, I know the PGA Tour obviously is trying to lengthen golf courses. We'll see what happens. My guess is they're probably going to scale it back a little bit in that range and maybe go back to like 6,700. I don't see them going all the way back to 65 just because... Four years of, of difference. They're gonna you know make it a little bit longer. the The scorecard that I found the that absolute tips played out about seven thousand seventy yards. So they can't stretch it out too much further. Uh, but they can scale it down a little bit. Obviously, you can you can always make golf courses shorter. So I, I have a feeling they're gonna scale it down to you know around that six thousand seven hundred yard mark, which is right where we were last week, which is still pretty long. Um, we saw you know the the players that were Near the top of the leaderboard, for the most part. I mean, obviously not all. We see it on the PJ Tour. Not always it's the long hitters at the top of long golf courses. But for the most part, if you hit it long, you have an advantage. And we saw that. I mean, Nellie Korda is one of the longest on tour. She won. Lexi Thompson is one of the longest on tour. She came in T2. Uh, Lydia Ko has gotten longer. She's not one of the longest on tour. But this week, she was averaging just under 260 driving distance, which is above tour average now. So she's gotten longer. She's made... Uh, she's made improvements in her swing, made changes in her swing to try to gain distance because in 2018, she was you know, hovering at 240, which she obviously knew how to get it done. She's won 15 times, but it, it's been a while. She needed to adjust to the times, and she's figuring it out, and it showed this week. She looked good. Up Sunday, she kind of halt, halted. She just stayed still. She couldn't get any momentum going until the back nine. She made a little run to... Uh, Finished T second. I mean, she was, you know, hovering even for the day through 11, 12 holes, and then she rattled all three birdies in a row to kind of get back into it. But Nelly Korda just didn't let anybody get close. She was just so steady. But again, we're going to be looking at driving this. That's a it's a long golf course, so it's it's gonna it's gonna be a good one. I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited for actual live coverage on the television and not on NBC Sports that they really fucked up last week. So maybe they they heard us bitching on on Twitter and decided to make a change before you know people stopped watching like they they know that their audience uh patience is probably limited because you know if you're new to this if they fuck it up real bad from the get-go it's going to be hard to recover from so they they realized how bad it was they probably heard the chatter and they made a change so kudos to them for doing that let's see if they pull it off uh, I'm, I'm really hoping they do because this is going to be a fun golf course and i I. Wrote on Twitter, um, if you guys want, you can follow me. I'm at JoeButter underscore. I think that one of the big things the LPJ has going for them is that they literally have everybody play every week for the most part. I mean, obviously, uh, some ladies are going to skip here and there, but it's not like the PGA Tour where guys are playing 15 of 40 events. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, they have big fields every single week, and I think that's going to be their big selling point. Like, look— we have the top players in the world that would come out here every single week. Lexi Thompson plays every single week. The quarter sisters play every single week for the most part. I mean, like I said, they're going to skip one or two here and there. But for the most part, they're playing more than 80% of the events on the schedule. You don't get that with the men unless you're Sung jae who plays every week. and Except the last couple of weeks where we were legitimately worried about his health, that he missed two weeks in a row. We were confused as to where he went. But that's that's kind of where we're going to be if the quarter sisters miss two events in a row it's going to be are they okay because like they're out there every every week so uh that's going to be their big selling point and that's kind of why i got into it because i know that like you're going to get attached to certain players you're going to get attached to betting and you're going to get to see those players every week uh so that's that's pretty cool so anyway let's get right into the fun draft kings made some big changes this week they did some pricing adjustments that were a little confusing they made some adjustments that make some sense that I thought was shocking last week as to where some players were priced uh, so they they fixed a couple and some were just downright baffling uh, some players they're still not knowing where they should be priced and they they left them you know underpriced, which we can find those uh, diamonds in the rough and and sooner or later DraftKings is going to catch up to this one of the things that I thought was a big opportunity was to get into this with some research and some digging and some, you know, model creation to take advantage of one DraftKings that doesn't know how to price some of these players because they, they're not familiar with them. They don't. I mean, I'm sure they're not out watching them every week. There they weren't. Maybe they are now to to you know price these accordingly. But they're learning the players, just like most of you are, that are tuning into this podcast for that reason. I thought that this was a good opportunity to take advantage of that, and to the the players that are going to go in blind, that are just you know betting degenerates, which I'm sure a couple of you are, that taking advantage of this podcast to try to get some information before you go in and you know create some lineups. But a, a lot of players are just going to go through, look at some numbers, maybe go on LPGA.com. I don't even know if they post power rankings like the PGA.com does. I don't even know if they don't then. I don't really know where you're gonna get any sort of information from. They don't really have any information. You're gonna go down the world ranking and just this is the highest priced highest ranked player at this price, I'll take this one. Something like that. DraftKings isn't isn't up to par with that yet. So let's let's take advantage of that. Um, all right, let's get right into it. We'll do we'll start with the 10k range. Uh, so it goes we got Nelly Corda at eleven two, Jin Young Ko, the number one player in the world who played really well last week, ten nine. Uh, Lydia Ko, up to 10-7. Lexi Thompson, 10-4. Se-Young Kim dropped all the way down to 10-2. She's the number two player in the world. And Jessica Corda up to 10-1. So before I get into a lock of this week, I want to get into one player that is the epitome of what I'm talking about with the pricing. And who's a big giant fade for me this week just because of this number. Uh, Jessica Korda. Who is one of the two quarter sisters that has won this year, and one of the two players that have won this year, and she is priced at 10-1, which last week I would have thought that would have been a good number. She was coming off a win, and you know, she was dominant in her win, hitting 90% of her greens regulation, like putting her ass off, just played excellent. And she came in priced at 9-2 last week, which I thought was a gigantic smash. Like, play that. This she's coming off a win. She's already one of the best players in the world. She closed out an event for the first time since 2018, so she got that sense of victory in her veins again at 9-2. Jump on it. The problem is she played meh last week, just complete meh. She finished T31. Uh, she was 29th in DraftKings scoring, which is you know bigger than the actual placement of you know the tournament, and they bumped her up $900. She's now 6th six, highest priced player in the field, and she finished in thirtieth place in thirtieth, thirty. So her DraftKings scoring and her placement were relatively evil, evil, thirty-one twenty-nine, and she got a nine hundred dollar bump above you know Brooke Henderson who played better. Very weird, very very weird. That's kind of what I'm talking about. DraftKings, I'm 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 thinking they're trying to play catch up, be like, oh wait, she should have been a little bit higher last week, and it would have cost some people. Because I, and I would have faded her last week. I played her at 9 2 and it didn't really work out because she didn't quite live up to that price. And if she was a 10-1, I would not have played her last week. I just wouldn't. She hasn't been steady enough. But now she's sitting at 10-1. She didn't really do anything to earn that raise. I'm fading. Not not touching it. Not not even close. Not interested at all. Uh, she's hitting it she hits it a long way. She just hasn't really put it. She did it at the Tournament of Champions. That was a much, much easier golf course. That golf course was set up for a pro-am. So there was a bunch of celebrities out there. That course was set up much, much easier than what this course appears to be bringing to the table. So I'm not interested in her, number one. And with that big price jump after a very lackluster performance, I'm, I'm just not interested. So I, I wanted to start with that just because that, that brought that was kind of my whole thing about this pricing thing. And there's players that went the other way. There's players that went down or didn't come up that should have come up that we'll get into that. their smash plays this week because of what they did last week. Anyway, let's get into my favorite play of the week. The pers- the player who I believe is going to win this tournament, who showed me a lot last week, uh, that I believe that she's going to continue the trend of winners that are entering the winner's circle for the first time in a while. We had Jessica Corda, won for the first time since 2018. Nellie Quarter won for the first time since 2019 and the first time in the U.S. And I believe we have another player that's going to win for the first time since 2019. And her name is Lexi Thompson. I, I am smashing her all over the place this week. Everywhere I'm betting her. I'm playing her DFS everywhere. Left and right, she's in every single lineup I'm creating. I think she is just a smash play. Uh, she's you know the second longest player on tour. And she figured out how to putt. I don't know what it was. I don't know, she said she had an emotional post on, not an emotional, but a, a heartfelt post on Instagram just talking about how she was very proud of herself for all the work that she put in, that it, that it came to fruition and showed in the results. So I believe that she did something to improve her putting because that was really what has been holding her back. Um, in 2020, she averaged uh, just under 30 and three quarter, 30.75 putts per round. And this past week, she she averaged 29.5 over the course of four days. And, I mean, we're basically playing on the same type of grass. I mean, they're only going a couple hours away. I just think that either she figured something out, one, or two, that she can just overpower a golf course like this. Similar to what Bryson DeChambeau did at Wingfoot. I think she can overpower a golf course like this that other people can't in this field. There's only one player on tour that hits the ball further than she does, you know, over the past two seasons, and she's a much better player than... And Van Dam, who's the other one? Which I love that name. <laughs> I, I, I need to see a little more from her. Uh, but but the distance is just is just huge, and I mean we know she's got the accuracy. Um, it's just like I said, it's just a matter of putting it together on the greens, and she hasn't been doing that lately. But she got it done this past week, and I I see it continuing. I see her winning this week. Uh, that's who um, I'm planting my flag on a winner this week, and that's who it is. She hit. 81% of her greens last week. So, you put that together with good putting, I mean, you're going to win. And if you can put that number this week, I guarantee you that's leading the field. If they play this at 6, 68, 52, 80% greens and regulation is going to lead the field. Uh, there's just not going to be enough people that are hitting it far enough to hit that many greens. There's going to be a lot of scrambling. So, if you have that type of advantage where you can hit more greens, especially with, you know, a, a six iron instead of a, a hybrid or you know, 5-wood, which a lot of these women carry, the, the a huge advantage. Uh, so I'm, I'm taking that all day. I also really like uh, Se-Young Kim at this price. She got an, I think she was at 11-2 last week, so she got a $1,000 discount. And, I mean, she played pretty bad. Uh, she wasn't great. She made the cut on the number um, and really didn't get anything going on the weekend. She could not putt to save her life Um, just could not get anything going on the greens but I mean she's the number two player in the world she was the best player in the world last year she was she was the most dominant player Um, she got it going on Sunday Um, after failing to break par the first three days she shot a 66 on Sunday to crack the top 25 I mean it wasn't anything spectacular but she was awful on the green she was the best putter on tour last year and she was off on the greens this week. I don't see that continuing. I mean, she's just too good of a player to, to struggle that much for three days. On a golf course where there was players shooting under par every day, she just could not get the putter going. Um, and, I mean, she hit 49 and 56 fairways. She missed seven fairways over the course of the entire week. Missed 15 greens over the course of the entire week. And, you know, finished T24. That's basically a floor. I mean, T25 or T24 is basically her floor. And obviously, if she does that again at that price, that's not good enough. But I don't, I don't see that happen again. I, I, I think a top ten is, not a guarantee, but a, as close to a guarantee as you're gonna find. She's just too good. So I'm jumping right back into that. Well, um, I was, I played her a lot last week, um, and I'm not gonna stop. There's nothing wrong with the players up top. Nelly Quarter, Jin Young Ko. I just don't like those numbers. Um, too, too high of a price for me to really get to. Um, when I like, you know, I like the nine Ks. I hate. The 8K range this week, I hate it. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna try to smash some 9K plays, try to get two or three in, and then jump down to the sevens because there's a lot of plays in the sevens that I really really like. So that's kind of what I'm I'm looking at this week. It's gonna be hard for me to get up to 11 too, and then you know jump down to seven. And then generally speaking, you're gonna be left with you know a mid eight player, and there's just nothing really there that I I really want. Um, so we'll we'll get into that, but. So that's kind of where my head is at there. Lydia Ko was in that quirky price range where you know, she's a 10.7. Frankly, I'd rather go up 200 to get to Jin Young Ko at 10.9 or just save the 300 bucks and go to Lexi Thompson, who I think is gonna win. It's just, there's nothing wrong with Lydia Ko. I'm not fading her intentionally. It's just that price is just, uh, it's in a weird spot. I, I just don't like the number. All right, let's move on. 9K range, very, very short range, similar to 10K. We're, we're noticing a, th- a theme here that the past two weeks that the the golf courses or the, the golf player pools are very top heavy um, in pricing right now. You have about 20 players or so, 25 players that are priced above 8k, and then you got a hundred players that are <laughs> in the sevens and sixes, uh, which it, uh, they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. But for now it's just it, it makes roster construction a little difficult. But if you find the right gems, I mean, I apologize last week. We didn't hit the right gems. Um, I, I just about broke even. I lost a little bit, um, about like 2 or 3%. Smashing um, the winner was big for me. I was very heavy on Nelly Corda last week, so that helped a lot. And Brooke Anderson did enough for me to virtually break even, but the, the Lexi Thompson-Lydia Co. thing really hurt. But they'll they'll figure out this pricing and we'll figure out the diamonds in the rough and, and we'll win some money this week because we are going to win money before everybody becomes privy to LPG, I promise you. Um all right, so let's jump into the 9K. We got leading off at 99 is Burke Henderson, Daniel Kang nine seven, Georgia Hall nine three, Jung Un Lee six, nine one, NG Chun nine even. This one, this grouping, I really mm, I like three of five. Um, I'm going right back to Brooke Henderson. I am. She's she's too good. Uh, she's too steady. I mean, she was so consistent all last week. She couldn't buy a putt, but she was you know not really in contention. I mean, she was really never a real threat to win. But she was very consistent. And a Sunday 74 kind of hurt her when you know Nellie Quarter shot 69, beat her by five to end up beating her by 10. I mean, so she wasn't really in it in it, but you know, a Sunday 70, she would have, you know, top 10. And it just didn't, she, she couldn't buy a putt. One big note I have on my sheet is in 2020, she posted a 60% top 10 rate. So if my math is correct and she top 10s more than one of every two event, she's going to top 10 this week. It's just, that's the way it is. You top 10 is to 60%, 60% of your events. You're going to top 10 one of every two. So I, I, and I think she's too, she's too steady. She is so consistent. Um, every week is top 20. She never really has a really bad week. She just doesn't. She's so consistent. Um, and I'm, I'm just going right back to it. I'm pairing her up with Lexi Thompson, and I think that's a great place to start. Another play I love this week because I really think I'm, I'm in, let me preface this, I'm in the process of creating an ownership projection. Um, I, I couldn't find any ownership Numbers going back to, you know, the end of last year. So I basically have to start now and develop my own moving forward. So it'll probably be a few events before I have a real good idea of what ownership's project ownership numbers are gonna look like. However, I believe that Danielle Kang's ownership this week is going to be down because of how bad she played last week. She missed the cut. She was over she was the highest priced player in the field to miss the cut. She was priced over 10K. She got a discount. She's down to nine seven. She is one of the previous champs at this tournament however obviously on a different course so can't really use that i mean if you're looking at you know cross course defending champions i mean patrick reed won the same event on on multiple courses tiger's obviously done it everywhere it happens i mean it's it's kind of a thing you fall in love with an area like they're playing in a similar area so the golf courses are very very similar it's just a little bit different holes but i mean she is one of the 2020 champions She's one of the best players in the world. She dropped to number five. Nellie Corda passed her last week with, with her win, and she's dropped down to number five. She's, she dropped all the way down to number five player in the world. But I believe a lot of people were on her last week because of how well she played at the Tournament of Champions, and that miscut is going to sting. One of the biggest mistakes you can make in DFS is letting a week, especially in golf DFS, letting one week, you know, a poor performance really hurt. And you just refuse to go back to a player even though you know they're one of the best players in the world and you know they're going to bounce back, chances are they're not going to miss two cuts in a row. I mean, if Rory McIlroy misses a cut, chances are he's not going to miss the next one. And a lot of people use that negatively and get emotional with it and just refuse to play them the next week or just moving forward. And and that's a big mistake in DFS. Uh, She missed the cut last week. She She did not look good. She just played bad from start to finish, you know, for her standards. And... She got the discount down to nine seven. I'm I'm all over it. I think that's a great number. I think she's really good for this golf course. She's very very consistent. Uh, she's just a tick above average in length, so she's not you know one of the longest players out there, but she's you know among the best in the world in driving accuracy, greens and regulation, and putting. So you put all that together. I mean, she might be hitting you know a four iron in where Lexi Thompson's hitting a six iron, but she's Proven to be accurate from all over the course with all of her clubs. And she can get the ball in the hole. That's a big deal. Get the ball in the hole, you score well. That's kind of the name of the game, right? I, I think that's a great play. Um, I'm Like I said, I'm jumping all over it. I think that's going to give you a little bit of an ownership leverage. I think pairing her with Lexi, um, Brooke Henderson was the highest known. She was about 40% owned in the $8, uh, basically the major tournament that, that DraftKings had last week. She was about 40% owned. So, like, people are on Brooke Anderson because she's she's one of the most recognizable names out there, you know, with Lexi Thompson, with Lydia Ko, with the quarter of Sisters now. I mean, she's one of the most recognizable names people are going to play her. I think jumping off of that to Danielle Kang saved 200 bucks and give give yourself an ownership leverage. NG Chun is interesting. Uh, she got a huge price bump. I'm a little mad at myself for not. Jumping on the 7 4 price tag last week, it jumped out as being too low, especially after her performance at the Tournament of Champions. That was just her first really good performance in a little while. So I wasn't sure what to make of it, but she's obviously back to playing well again. 9,000 is quite a bit. Um, there's a player right below her that I like a lot that we'll get into when we get into the 8K range because she's technically 8 9. So we'll talk about her in a minute. But The other two, I'm I'm not really, I'm not playing. Georgia Hall, I'm not into at 9-3. I don't know. That's just, she's not consistent enough for that price that there's just too many good players in this range where you really have to get it right and you really have to. The LPGA, what you're going to see is the main players, the big names, generally finish in the top 15. That's just kind of the way it is. And she's not really one of those huge names where her game is a little bit more volatile than, you know, some of these other players. At that price, I'm just a little hesitant to, to jump on it. It's, I don't know, she's a little bit above tour average in driving distance. She gained four strokes in distance last year. She's She gave back three strokes in accuracy, tour average in greens regulation, a little bit above average in putting. She's just very... I don't know, tore averagey in too many stats for me to wanna wanna take on that nine ninety three hundred price tag. And Junglun Lee six is, is another fade of the week for me. Just, that's just price too high. She's priced the exact same. And I mean she shot five over last week. She made the cut, but it just she didn't do anything really well. So it's just that's a that price like that's a big giant fade. To to not lose any Price tag to not go down at all after that performance and really I mean I'm surprised she's price I was I talked about this last week. I'm surprised she's priced that high with her twenty twenty performance. She was really good in twenty nineteen. She was really okay in twenty twenty. And she's starting off twenty twenty one really okay. Just not into it. What did she do at the oh, she didn't play the tournament of champions. Where'd she finish last week? She was Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. T fifty seven. It's just I don't I don't know. There's just nothing there that I've seen that, that warrants that price tag, so I'm out. Alright, let's get into the AKs. Starting off, we got Nasa Hataoka at 89. Charlie Hall 88. 8, Ali Ewing 87. Stacey Lewis 86. Anna Nordquist 85. Jenny Shin eight four. Sophia Popov eight three. Carlota Saganda eight two. Austin Ernst eight one. And Marina Alex eight thousand even. I teased it a little bit a minute ago. Um, I really like Nasa Hataoka this week a lot. Um, she's probably my favorite play under 9K on the whole board. Um, really bold of me to say for somebody this priced at 8900 she's obviously good. They obviously know she's good, but I don't know they realize how good that she is. She is very, very good. She didn't play very well last week, which helps. She finished two over last week, which really helps us. However, Last week she hit seventy five percent of her fairway. She hit sixty four percent of her greens. She averaged thirty putts around. It was just she when she missed the green, she did not get up and down. That was the problem. Her scrambling was really bad. However, she's generally among the leaders on tour in all of the in driving distance, in greens regulation, in putting, and she's tour average in driving accuracy. That's kind of what we need this week. She is and she's really good putting. She gained she was one of the best scoring scorers on tour last year. She gained two strokes on average scoring overall in 2020. She's very good player, and that eight nine price tag is too low. It's still too low. She should be her and Georgia Hall should probably flip. She should probably be sitting around nine three, nine four, and she's still under nine. Play it everywhere. I'm telling you, she's going to top five. She just is. She's too good. Another one that I like, again, is Carlota Seganda. I'm going back to it. Uh, She burned me a little bit last week. She made the cut, but she finished near the bottom. Um, But the numbers are still there. She's one of the longest players on tour. She hits a shitload of greens. She gained eight strokes of the field in greens regulation last year. She hit 68% of her greens last week accuracy is not that great but she hit 70 percent of her fairways this week which is quite a bit above her average last year so maybe she figured something a little bit out uh from what i saw about this golf course it's not real tight there's only five holes that have any sort of water on them and i think only two holes that have water that affect you on a tee shot which is where her issues are hitting the greens is not her problem hitting the fairways is her problem she's shown the ability to hit greens whether she's hitting fairways or not so if the if the water is you know around you know approach shots I don't think that's gonna be as big of a factor for Saganda um, and I think what she did last week and you know I was hammering that play last week telling everybody to play Saganda play Sagan I placed a bet on her I think maybe that skewed people to play her a little bit more I don't know how much influence I had probably not that much I don't I don't I'm not saying that I'm you know a big voice or anything but if any sort of ownership goes away because of what she did last week, I'm I'm all over it. I'm playing it again. Stacy Lewis is an interesting, interesting one. I don't like her this week. She had the biggest price jump of anyone on DraftKings. She jumped up fourteen hundred dollars from seventy two to eighty six. I didn't see that happening. I wasn't on it last week. She played well, obviously, to warrant that price jump. I just I just didn't see it, and this price tag is way too high. Way too high for me for someone who is very very short off the tee she only hits it about 230 off the tee and that's going to be very difficult to score even as accurate and as and as solid you know everywhere else she is that's just going to be hard to score she's going to be hitting woods into all the par fours she's going to be struggling on long par threes i i I don't know i just think it's going to be hard to overcome that driving distance at a course that's 200 yards longer than the one we played last week I, i don't know maybe she'll prove me wrong i'm sure she might you know, she's one of the best players in LPGA history for a reason. But I don't know. That number, that that price jump is just startling to me. Um, she she yeah, she averaged 232 off the tee last week um, and only hit 68% of her greens. She hit 75% of her fare with 68% of her greens. If you hit 68% of your greens this week, you're in trouble. Because chances are your proximity is going to be a lot worse this week because your approaches are going to be coming from longer distances. So those greens aren't going to be as valuable as the 68% of last week. It's just not a good formula for her. Um, I, I just don't like it. I'm fading it this week. Um, Pop off is interesting. Uh, she's uh, since she won the U S or the, the women's British open last year, she's really been playing well. And I know she got that sense of security where she almost lost her tour card and, she had this whole emotional thing where she almost quit golf altogether. She just couldn't get the motivation to keep playing, to keep trying to qualify because she couldn't maintain her card. She wins the Women's British Open, and everything changes. Now she's got that that uh, job security. She's got a tour card. She's got you know invites to all these invitationals. She's got she's able to enter any event she wants because she's a you know a defending major champion, and she's been playing really well. The price jumped up a little bit, but I'm playing her. I think everybody should play her. Uh, she's been very, very good since she won that British Open last year. Um, the numbers overall don't look fantastic, but like I said, that that one tournament seemed to change virtually everything for her. Um, so I'm playing her. I mean, I, I believe she's going to be a a nine thousand dollar player at some point this season some point very soon this season and i'm just i'm playing her as long as her price stays at this point you know for the foreseeable future she's going to be i'm going to be exposed to, to pop off on every in every slate every week she's just she's been playing way too well until she shows me that i need to not be playing her until she goes on a run where she's playing very poorly um i'll, I'll do it but that's two top tens in a row uh tournament of champions in this week you know, she's, she's long enough. She hits it, you know, 260 off the tee. She can putt. She hits greens. She hits enough fairways. I, I think it's a good play. I think she's a good play. As long as she's under nine K, I think she's going to be a good play. I think she's going to be priced 9,500 for an event at some point in, you know, the next two months. Uh, and then I got Austin Ernst is one of those players that burned me last week. And, you know, I, I'm preaching, don't let that bother you. It doesn't bother me. However, I'm not going to make the same mistake twice just because it's one thing to do that on, you know, the big name $10,000 players. She's not one of them. So I'm, I'm not doing it again. She just, she looked very bad. Very, very bad. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not interested. Uh, she missed the cut. She shot 75 on day one. I mean, she missed the cut on the number. But she wasn't hitting any greens. She she's short off the tee. She averaged under 240 yards off the tee, uh, 31 and a half putts. Which obviously you miss the cut, your numbers aren't going to look good. They just they never do. That's why you miss the cut. But that that yardage, the distance off the tee, I don't like it on this golf course. I don't like the she's coming in with no momentum, which looks like it could be a pretty difficult golf course. I'm just not interested. And then obviously Allie Ewing. Uh, the defending champion of this golf tournament. Uh, she's a, a solid play. Like, I have nothing against Allie the play itself. It's just the fact that she's, you know, sandwiched between Nasa Hataoka, and um, there's there's too many 7K players that I like. If I'm going into the 8K range, I'm going to play Hataoka. She, I just like her the most, and I like Popov, who I can save some money and go to Popov. It's just that it's that Lydia Co effect. It's that number is just uncomfortable it's just in a bad spot she she's deserving of that price tag it's just there's too many options in and around it that i like better all right let's go to the seven case this is a bigger range now we're going to talk a lot more players all right we got britney lincecum starting off the range at seven nine jennifer Cupcho seven nine mina harrigay caroline masson seven eight you let me know amy yang 77 Jennifer Song, Sarah Schmelzel, 7 6. Uh, whoops. Chella Choi, Cheyenne Knight, Sung Hyung Park, 7 5. Megan Kang, Celine Boudier, Anne Van Dam, 7 4. Brittany Altamere, Mel Reed, Ashley Buhai, 7 3. Angel Yin, who played really well last week. Yu Liu, Xi Lin, Patty Tavatanikit, who played very well last week. She showed off very, very well. 7-2, Gabby Lopez, Madeline Sagstrom, Mee Jung-Hur, Un hee Ji, 7-1, Angela Stanford, Kirsty Kerr, Lizette Salas, Lindsey Weaver, Lindy Duncan round out at seven even. That's a lot of names, 6,000, I'm not gonna read them all. There are some names that jump out at me here. There's two that I'm playing virtually in every single lineup I create. The first one is Jennifer Cupcho. Jennifer Cupcho, I played last week, I bet her last week. I bet her again this week. She is probably next to Lexi Thompson, maybe Hataoka. They're my favorite place this week. Uh, she was the only player last week that hit 80% of her fairways and 80% of her greens. Um, and that's a big, big thing. She's accurate all over the place. She's long. She averaged 260 off the tee. She putted a little bit worse than her standard. She averaged over 31 putts a round, where she's usually right about 30 and a half, and... She still finished 5-under, which was, I'm not sure what place that was. It was a T31, I think. But she finished in a range where, you know, at this price tag, that was with those underlying numbers, the fairways and greens, your floor is 5-under. I mean, you're not going to do worse than that. And she's long enough. It was T21. So she virtually finished top 20, and she putted worse than her, well, worse than her average, putt per round worse than her average. And she had a 74 on Sunday, which hurt that number. She could have really made a move on Sunday, but she just played poorly. And that price tag with those stats, I mean, she's just too good. She she gains in driving distance and driving accuracy, greens in regulation and scoring. She gains everywhere, and she's still under 8K. Last week, I believe she was 7-4, so she got a little bit of a bump. They're catching up to it, but she she should be in the mid-8s. So play, I'm playing it all over the place. The price is too low until they get her price right. I'm playing, I'm, I'll play her every single week. Um, and the other one is a player that I played last week, um, and it, it was one of the hits I had down here in the low sevens. ZU uh, Lin only went up a hundred dollars after a top fifteen finish. All right, top sixteen. Technically, she finished T sixteen, but she only went up a hundred bucks from seventy one hundred to seventy two hundred. I don't understand why you know you're giving Jessica Cord a $900 raise to finish T31. You're giving Ziyu Lin a $100 raise to finish T16. And I don't I don't get it. Um, she hit 80% of her fairways. She you know averaged 255 off the tee. She putted phenomenally. She gained almost three quarters of a stroke in scoring in 2020. So this isn't new to her to be playing this well. So again. Until they get the number right. Until they get her up in the 8Ks. I'm playing her every week. She's just in that spot where she doesn't belong. She's too good to be priced down here. Uh, So I'm playing her every week. Um, Another one I really like here is Megan Kang. At 7-4. Big drop. Um, She was priced at 8K last week. Uh, It's just another one. She's too good. I just don't see her having two poor performances in a row. I mean, she... And she wasn't even horrible last year. I mean, she finished in the top 50. Like, it wasn't like she, you know, played great, but she played well enough. And that was with a 76 on Sunday. I mean, she was playing very well. She wasn't in contention, but, like, she was on her way to post a top 20 finish until she just had a really bad Sunday. It was her worst, her worst round of the week. Even still, she's... She averaged 245 off the tee, which isn't great. Um, I don't like that number that much. I wish, you know, she was a little bit longer, but it's it's good enough for me. Um, she's been playing really well, and you know, she's one of the better players in the world. So I'm gonna go back to it. I'm that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm like these players that are priced too low, especially with this type of name value, uh, priced too low. I'm I'm just gonna keep playing them until they get the price right. Patty Tabataniket, who was in the final group on Sunday. She's technically still a rookie since they're not, uh, if you were a rookie in 2020, they didn't give out any awards. So they're extending those rookies into 2021. So she's still technically in the running for rookie of the year. She should win it. And she looked really good last week, going up basically head to head with Nellie Corda on Sunday. And, you know, she came out pretty well her sunday wasn't what she wanted she shot 74 but i mean she still you know posted a, a top five finish and she's long she averaged 270 off the tee uh and she's very good uh very young very just very good top to bottom every part of her game she hit 70 percent of both fairways and greens 28 and a half putts. um she's she's just good she's steady um, I'm I'm playing it again. The price is too low. Again, she only went up. Uh, let me see. She went up. Uh, where do I have these prices? Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. You would think that they would get some of these players that finished in the top five. She went a 500 bucks from 6772. So that's not bad. She got a little bit of a raise. Um, I still think it should be a little bit higher. But at 72, like what I was saying before, I love this 7k range, which is why I'm trying to get, you know, Alexi Thompson and a Brooke Henderson or a Daniel Kang in a lineup and then jump in just skipping the AK range and coming right down here. If I can find a way to fit Hataoka in there at 8 nine, and, you know, getting two of these 7Ks, and there's a couple in the 6s that I like. I don't love really anybody in the 6s. I'm trying to get it to the to where, you know, Ziyu Lin at 72 is my lowest-priced player, uh, but if I have to dive into the 6s, I can. But if I can get two or three of these Two or three up top. I'm feeling very, very good about myself. I also like Gabby Lopez again. Gabby Lopez burned me last week. I I was playing her everywhere. I bet her. Everything. She shot sixty eight day one. She was tournament leader until Lydia Cove shot sixty five in the afternoon. She was rolling and then Friday just hit her like a ton of bricks. I mean she shot seventy nine. She Keegan Bradley Keegan Bradley me. 68 70, 68 to Miscut. But she went from T3 to Miscut. I mean that's horrible. The problem is I don't see her doing it again. It's the same it's that same thing. I don't see her doing it again. She's too good. She's too good. She's a winner last year. She played very well at the tournament of champions this year. Um, and she played so well on Thursday. She had it rolling just Friday just I don't know. She couldn't figure it out. She had a double, a triple. A, a flurry of bogeys just could not figure it out couldn't get the ship righted after an early start she started off six over after four and I mean she only went one over for the last 14 but she just couldn't get any momentum going after that start she was flirting with the cut line in the hole she missed the cut on the number so it wasn't like she you know was one of the worst players in the field she just could not get any sort of momentum going on the back nine on Friday to, to you know get that birdie that she needed one birdie could do it um, so I think she was highly owned last week, and I'm going back to it. I think that um, she's just too good for that price tag. She went down. I don't think she deserved to get a price drop after that performance. It wasn't a horrible performance. I mean, she scored the same amount of points as you know, Annika. Annika played four rounds. They scored the same amount of points. Like she wasn't horrible. She was 19% owned last year. Shoot, last week she was ninth in the field in ownership in the eight. Um when I talk about ownership, I'm talking about the $8 contest, which was basically their only tournament on DraftKings. She was ninety percent owned. People are gonna be hurt from that performance. They're gonna use that against her, and that ownership I believe is gonna be down closer to, you know, ten. I'm all over it. Um some of the players I don't like in this range, I don't like Celine Boudier. Um she missed the cut last week. She's at seventy four hundred, took a little bit of a price drop. Um she was not, not nah, just not good. I mean, she she averaged only 230 off the tee. That's a Stacey Lewis thing. It's just too short for this golf course coming up. Um, and she only hit 58% of her greens. Um, obviously, you miss a cut, you're not playing well. But it's just some of these numbers just don't, they stand out to me to not be good. Uh, Brittany Altamere, um, she performed pretty well last week, finished at minus one. Uh, the, the problem is, I just, I don't know, that was a minus one that I think was above what she was above her performance i don't think she played particularly that well um she just managed to get done she putted really well um and she had one 68 in there that was mixed in with three three other rounds that failed to break even failed to break even it was just she had one really good day that helped her and then she was mediocre the other three days and managed to you know finish t42 Uh, but she's short she gave back nine strokes to the field in 2020 in driving distance she averaged 233 off the tee last week that's just not going to get it done this week it's not long enough with with the other numbers that aren't good that's not going to get it done if you if anybody's going to hit it 230 and perform at this golf course it's going to be stacy lewis just because she's so good everywhere else it's just that price tag is too high for me if stacy lewis was the same as last week and she was 72 i'd be i'd be running to to put her in every lineup it's just these these numbers at this price, I want someone that's a little bit safer. Um, I just don't think she's safe enough. Not that anybody in the 7Ks is really safe. I mean, some of these players are. I think some of these players shouldn't be down here. But anyway, uh, one uh, I, I skipped one other player. I like Lindy Duncan this week, who's at 7K even. Um, she was very, very solid last week, finished a 2-under, um, hit 78% of her fairways and 78% of her greens. Uh, average 255 off the tee, so she's long enough, um, and performed very, very well last week. So I like her a lot. All right, let's get into the 6Ks. I'm not gonna read them off. There's probably 50 players in this range. Um, I'll just give you two that I like, two that I don't like, because frankly, I don't like much here. Elena Sharp, I played last week. She's not on either of my likes or don't likes, but I, I'll just point it out. Elena Sharp, I played last week. She shot even on day one. She was at 6800 last week as well. She's at 68 again. And she shot even on day one, which I thought was going to be very good. You know, get through the cut. And for a $6,800 player, if you get through the cut, the rest is gravy. I don't really care what you do. You can come in DFL. You, you make the cut for me, I'm happy. And then she shot 79 on Friday and missed the cut by quite a few. Um, but I don't hate it again this week. She, she looked good on Thursday. She looked good the back nine on Friday. She got off to a really bad start on Friday morning. I tried to get it together. Um, I think she went. I think she shot seven, over, six over on the front, and then one over on the back. Just couldn't get any momentum going. She needed, you know, a slew of birdies on the back nine. She she just couldn't do anything. But I, I don't hate that one anyway. Two that I really like. I like Catherine Kirk this week. Uh, she missed the cut last week. She's at six thousand eight hundred. But some of the numbers I'm, I I don't they didn't show a single shot, so I don't really know what went wrong other than just looking at numbers. She averaged two forty five on the tee, which is, isn't fantastic, but seventy one percent fairways and 64% greens, 30 and a half putts around. That's not bad. So I'm not exactly sure what happened. I mean, you can look at her scorecard and and see that she had some doubles in there. I don't I don't know what caused them because I can't really see it. Uh, but she she gained almost a stroke to the field in scoring last year. So she's a good player. And you know, she's at 60 what did I say? 6800 and I don't know. I don't I don't think she should be that low based on the 2020 numbers that I'm seeing. Uh, she she obviously missed a cut last week and that's gonna affect her in getting, you know, a price bump, but she's very solid. She top ten in twenty seven percent of her events last year. She's a sixty eight hundred dollar player who top tens in one of every four events she played. So sign me up, I'm playing her all over the place. She has three tour wins. She she's a a legitimate player at sixty eight hundred. Play it everywhere. I don't I don't see her missing two cuts in a row. Uh, based on the numbers I'm seeing, based on the history of, of the model that I created going back two years, I don't I don't see her being bad enough to continuously miss cuts. I just don't. Um, and then Lauren Stevenson um, at 6,500. I'm very very intrigued with this this week. She played really well last week, so I thought that she was going to get a price bump, which she really didn't. Um, she went from. Let me go see. She went from 6400 to 6500 she got a 100 bump and she finished at two under so she top 30 and didn't really get anything out of it which i'm very shocked um she's been very good where am i at sorry all right she had 245 off the tee she hit 70 percent of her fairways 82 percent of her greens so she's a steady steady player and She's very similar to Jong-un Lee 6, who had a very, very good 2019 and a very poor 2020. The problem is Jong-un Lee 6 is priced at 9100 and Lauren Stevenson is at 65 That's the difference. Lee 6 is in that same group where you know she's, she's not warranting that price because of her trend over the past year and a half. Lauren Stevenson is getting the correct price because of that trend. The problem is she's still a good player at the root of it all, so I'm playing it. Two players I don't like, uh, Marissa Steen, who finished very, very well last week minus eight. Um, she she top five or top ten. The problem is I just I just don't see her repeating it. She's she's really short off the tee and she putted a stroke and a half above her you know putting average. She gained a stroke and a half to the field or to her average. So I just I don't know. I, I find it hard for her to repeat that. And she hit eighty percent of her fairways, uh, which is well above her her twenty twenty average or twenty nineteen average. She didn't have any stats for 2020. I don't know if she didn't play because of code. I don't know why she didn't play, but she didn't have any registered stats for last year. I don't know. That's just 6,800, you know, someone that's coming off the top 10. I I wouldn't be mad at you for doing it. I can understand why you would do it. I I just don't know if it's repeatable. And Pernilla Lindbergh, who was one of the highest owned players last week in, you know, the 6Ks. I think she was second highest owned in the 6K range. She was 6% owned and you know she she made the cut she wasn't horrible she finished 3 over uh but i don't know some of these numbers don't seem repeatable she hit 75% of both fairways and greens which is well above her average uh she's under 250 off the tee she which was actually higher than what she was last year last year she gave 5 strokes back to the field in driving distance and you know she putted basically right at her average i don't know if she makes the cut at you know, 6,600, that's that's a plus, but I, I don't know. Some of these numbers just don't seem repeatable for, for, for her from what I've seen from her numbers-wise. That's all I got for you this week from the DFS standpoint. Let me just quickly read off. I made four bets. Um, again, we still don't see any tournament matchups. I don't see any, you know, first-round leader type bets. So, basically, all I'm doing is making outright bets. That's all they're giving me. Unfortunately, we can't get past that yet. Um I bet Lexi Thompson at twelve to one. I think she's going to win the event, so it would be stupid of me not to bet her. It's not short enough for me to avoid. It's not, you know, a Dustin Johnson four to one type deal. So twelve to one, I took that bet. Uh, Danielle Kang at sixteen to one. I like her a lot this week. Uh, I talked, you know, in length about her. Jennifer Cupcho. I mentioned that I bet her again. I did last week. I I got her at seventy to one again. And then Megan Kang at ninety to one. So I got two favorites and two long shots. It's kind of a good way to go. Last week, I did it the same way. I just happened to not have Nelly Quarter in there, which is kind of dumb of me because in the article that I posted at fantasypros.com, um, again, every week I will post a written piece of content at fantasypros.com just going over, you know, like I'll just highlight a few players, uh, you know, two or three fades, two or three locks. And then if you want like serious reasoning, check out this show. But um, on that site, I did post last week that, you know, I'd be. I wouldn't be surprised to see a quarter-sister sweep to start the season. And and sure enough, it happened, but my dumbass didn't bet it. I don't know why. I should have. I I said that I I thought that she should win, but then I didn't bet her because I'm an idiot. But I don't think I'm going to miss that chance this week. I I think Lexi Thompson is going to win this event. I just do. She just fits this. the, The golf course, from what I see on paper, she just fits it way too well. Way too well. Anyways, that's all I have for you. Next week, I believe we're off. Um, there's no event. I think I'm 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 not sure if I'm going to do a show or not. Um, I might do something, just some kind of recap show, because frankly I I was pretty pleased with the the downloads and the listens that I saw from week one, and I don't want to get in too big of a gap and you know lose some of those listeners. So I, w- I want to do something next week. It might just be a little quick hitter, maybe a couple player profiles of you know some players you might not know. Uh, actually, I'm looking at the schedule now. It looks like we have two weeks off. Uh, before we hit the Kia Classic, March 25th, and then we're going to be hitting, you know, events mostly every week. Um, I, I did mention last week the LPGA is a little bit different than the PGA. They don't play every week. There are some gaps in there, but for the most part, they play at least three events every month. Um, and and like I said, I'll have a show for every event at least. And ideally, I want to do a show every week, just about something. I may do, like I said, I might do some player profiles in the middle of that. Do some digging research on certain players and give you that information just some players that you're not familiar with um i don't know maybe take a poll on twitter and and see if there's some players that are that you're interested in knowing more about i don't know we'll figure it out but for now the drive-on championship this week lexi thompson is going to win in my opinion i gave you the picks let's go win some money and have fun i'll see you next week